Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. Just as the 60s were turning to the 70s, there was that band called the Beatles. And right before they broke up, uh, the song Get Back. And even if you were not alive at that time, you probably know that tune. You might even be able to finish the chorus for me because get back, get back, get back to where you once belong. And aren't we in like this beautiful season after an incredibly hard two years of a global pandemic and we just want to get back like I'm like I'm like I'm just like ready to get back to normal and often we'll say we are so glad to be getting back to normal but but here's what we know normal wasn't always working all that well to begin with right and God doesn't call his people back to normal again and again God calls his people back to better He takes us somewhere better. It might not be a place that we could even imagine or see a change happening in our life, but he doesn't call us back to normal. He calls us back to better. And for the next four weeks, we're starting and going through the series of what might be God be calling you to? What might God be calling me to? To get back to better. To not just assume to go back to normal, but what are some better things that he is calling us to? Are there some things that Jesus taught or that Jesus modeled in his life? Uh, Back when life was normal, uh, we were just sort of minimalizing or ignoring altogether or just pushing aside that he would call us to embrace as we get back to better. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Have you ever wondered why so many people follow Jesus even before the resurrection? I mean, it's Easter, we're celebrating the resurrection, but why was it that thousands of people were following Jesus before he was murdered, dead, and then came back to life. Have you ever asked yourself that question? How might you answer it? One of the things that would immediately come to our minds is, well, people were following Jesus because of the miracles that he performed. And that would be right. I mean, there are a lot of people that they were seeking out Jesus for a miracle, and there were a lot of people that were hanging around Jesus because they wanted to see him perform a miracle. But I believe so many people, so many thousands of people were following Jesus before the resurrection, just not because of miracles. They were following him because of his teaching, uh, because of what he said, because of what he taught, because of how he lived. Because Jesus' teaching, man, it just drew you in. It was so countercultural. What Jesus taught often was just different direction than where society was going, and people were drawn in to Jesus' teaching. Uh, I mean, he was fully man, he was fully God, and what he taught was spiritual. And, and, but it was spiritual and so incredibly different from the religious leaders of the day. 
As a matter of fact, what Jesus taught and what the religious experts were teaching would just often clash and brought together this tension of, you know, this religious group wanting to take Jesus out to kill him, to put him on a cross. Jesus was a living, breathing representation of our Heavenly Father, and the religious leaders were portraying a Heavenly Father that people weren't drawn to or made it so incredibly difficult to get to. And Jesus taught a different way, and his words just drew you in. Some words from Jesus that I I feel so many of us just need to embrace and hear right now. I'm going to read these words to you, and for some of you, it's just going to click. You couldn't have put it into words before that, but man, you just are drawn in. You just know that you need this in your life. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus offered this invitation. And Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Does that just resonate? Is that something that your soul needs? You just naturally know it? I want us just to read this together. I just want you to absorb this internally because this is what so many of our souls need. And so it's active participation time. You're all going to read with me whether you want to or not. And if you're at home in your PJs, uh, read along. If you're at your favorite coffee shop, read out loud. It's good for your soul. Let's read together. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Do you know anyone? Do you know anyone who is is just weary? Do you know anyone who's carrying a heavy burden? Do Do you know anyone who needs rest? Do you know anyone who just needs a lighter yoke? Do you know someone who needs rest for their souls? Is that person you? Or am I just preaching to myself? Just need rest for our souls. Past two years have taken a toll on many of us, and often we don't fully understand why. We can't often put it into words. Uh, my wife, Denise, uh, she's an educator, and uh, about a month ago, sickness just started going around your classroom, and you know, you held strong for two weeks, and then she finally like succumbed, and, and it was like this illness that just wouldn't let go. Doctor one, uh, 16 days into your illness, uh, back to the doctor with a double sinus infection, but that meant that she was up throughout the night, sometimes coughing and stuff, which meant I was sometimes out up throughout the night because I'm a light sleeper. And often I can't fall back asleep easily. And sometimes, you know, that's a miserable thing, and sometimes it's a really good thing. Have you ever been there, done that? 
Sometimes, you know, you're awake in the middle of the night and all you want to do is go back to sleep because you're tired. But man, there have been times where like I'm awake in the middle of the night and it is some of the richest, deepest, most intimate times that I have with my heavenly father where the time together just listening to him and praying to him and, and hearing from him is so incredibly rich. And it was just less than two weeks ago that I was having this great middle of the night, like 3 a.m. time with God, and I really felt like God gave me a gift, like just sort of explaining why so many people that I encounter are just so tired, so weary, why so many people just need rest for their souls, why the past two years have been so difficult for so many people. And, And this is the gift, and I shared this with staff and a few of you. This is the gift that God gave me. And some of you are immediately saying... Doug, you need a better God who, need, who gives better gifts, right? But let me just explain this. And for those of you that are listening to podcasts, you don't have a visual to this right now. It's a graph, and there's this long, slowly just increasing line over time. And then suddenly towards the end, it spikes. And what has happened is, man, there have been these trends and patterns that have been going on for years, sometimes for decades, And then this spike at the end, that is all about the past two years because so many things were trends or patterns just took off. And it's a mix of both good and of bad. And sometimes all that amount of change over two years has just been so incredibly tough. Let me just give you a few examples of some of these things. Take a look at this uh, picture, this image. Anybody remember where this is from? It is go back to Super Bowl 2020. And um, a picture that might appear on the screen uh, shows you that Super Bowl ad. Yeah, does anybody remember this? This was a Walmart ad for curbside delivery, right? This is like pre-pandemic and, you know, grocery delivery, DoorDash, all those things already existed. They were already growing. And I remember watching the Walmart ads and first of all, they were great ads, but I'm like, I don't know if that's really gonna take off. Is anybody really going to want to do this? It reminded me of my words, uh, you know, maybe like 15 years ago when I said, you know, I don't think this texting thing is really gonna take off. Who would want to use a perfectly good phone to text people when you could just call them, right? But now, oh my words, uh, my wife Denise has got me into this Target delivery thing. Uh, I can order something and then on my app, I can hit, I'm on my way. I pull into the parking space. I put down my window. They hand me the thing. I am like in and out of Belmont in like three minutes. It is just like amazing, you know, it's a change for the good. Uh, Monday on my way into work, I swung by Home Depot, walking the lobby, those orange lockers, scanned my QR code, magically a locker appeared, all the stuff that I had ordered was there, picked it up, took it up, like two minutes or less, I'm in and out of Home Depot. This whole curbside thing, I mean, it's been a lot of change, but so many people embracing it, you know, groceries delivered, grocery pickup, whatever. How about telecommuting? That, that, was, that was growing, working from home was growing, but then like you had this two-year spike and man, it just so took off where so many people are suddenly working from home compared to before. Online college was always growing, online school, and then suddenly 
Not saying it worked, but suddenly, right, it just took off. And then there's some of the bad things. Like there's been a growing trend, I would say over years, most likely over decades, would be a more honest answer of political polarization. You know, and then, oh my words, in that two-year time, did it just sort of take off and explode? And I asked the staff and I asked a few of you for some other examples. And here's some of the things you told me. You, you told me about your, like, fur babies and the growing trend for pets and wishing you would have bought stock in Chewy uh, three years ago, right? Because all of a sudden, there's all these Chewy boxes being delivered to homes. And one of you said, Doug, you know, the anxiety epidemic. It's been growing for years, if not decades. Man, did it just take off. And one of you mentioned Fear. And the way you worded it to me is you said, over these past two years, I don't even know what I can and cannot talk about with some of my closest friends and family. Just a fear of not knowing who you can talk to about certain things. Some of you said isolation. Clearly a trend of isolation has been building, but boy, did it take off as we isolate ourselves more and more from one another. They're not all good things, are they? Social media use, that's clearly been growing, but boy, did it take off. Streaming all of our video stuff, already there, but boy, did it take off. There's some things that are really concerning to me. Trends within the church. Since the 60s, a, a growing trend of young adults disconnecting from the church at a higher rate than ever before, but boy, did that really take off in two years' time. Any of you that were like alive and like reading widely back in the 90s, uh, do you remember reading about the death of modernity? It was all about postmodernism. There were so many books out there. And I remember reading those books and it kept talking about like the death of truth. And I'm like, I don't really see this. How is this ever going to happen? But there's a lot of things that you might point to over the past two years and say, man, there has like been a death of truth. Ed Stetzler he says it like this. He says, our culture is going through convulsions. There are seizures that are happening and so many things are going on and we're worn out as a result of it. And it's changed. It's like an overwhelming amount of change in just a few years' time and way too much of it wasn't really positive change. And it's not over. It doesn't feel like it's like, fully behind us, does it? If you're checking the news this past week, 8.5% inflation, that doesn't feel like normal or a normal I want to get back to, right? If you're watching the news this past week, maybe you were looking at Shanghai, a city of 25 million people in full lockdown mode. Not any kind of lockdown like we experienced. I can't go out and get food, whatever else. And I can tell you this, I wish that my first thought was this. I wish that my first thought was like empathy for those 25 million people like just stuck inside an extreme lockdown. That, that wasn't my first thought. It was a second thought. I wish I could tell you that my first thought was like, I am so grateful for the country that we live in and the freedom that we have. That wasn't my first thought. That was my third thought. My first thought was a sarcastic what? This isn't going to help supply chain issues at all right? Like this is a place where a ton of chips are made, you know. My hope or dream of ever getting a new or less used pickup truck just gets pushed further and further away. 
It's so much change, and it's so incredibly hard. And as a result of that change, so many of us are worn out. We're exhausted. We're weary, and it feels like it's a burden that's too heavy for us to bear. And we're exhausted, and we're longing, and we're looking for rest for our souls. And Jesus simply isn't calling us to get back to normal. Jesus is calling us to get back to better. It's Easter Sunday, and we celebrate a risen Savior. We worship a risen Savior. Do you need a reminder that Jesus did not live life on earth, teach and model what it's like, what our, who our Heavenly Father is like. And he wasn't arrested and beaten and mocked and tortured and found guilty for crimes he had not committed. He wasn't murdered and then he didn't defeat death just so that you and I could live weary, exhausted, burned out lives. He didn't do all this so we would be isolated or living in fear. One of my favorite verses, a verse that I go back to again and again. It's a verse that I consider all about job descriptions, and it's John 10.10. And Jesus teaches this is so incredibly straightforward. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Job descriptions in a single verse and exercise that I take myself through once in a while is, who's the boss of my life? If you looked at my life right now, if you looked at your life right now, who is the boss of your life? Does it feel like my joy is being stolen? That my hope is being killed? That my love is being destroyed? Does it seem like the things in the way of Jesus are being stolen or killed or destroyed in my life? Because if that's the case, I'm pretty sure I know who my boss is. Where's Jesus, my boss? I might not be financially rich, but boy, is it a full and satisfying life with rich and overflowing, satisfying relationships. Experiencing life in all of its fullness. I love the way that the NIV uh, translates this verse. Just a little bit different. It says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. At Easter, we celebrate a risen Savior who came to give you and I life in its, all of its fullest, in the here and now and for all of eternity. That's the invitation that Jesus invites us into. Not because of anything that we have done or could do but all because of what God did through his one and only son. Jesus was who he claimed to be, and he did what he said he was going to do. Paying the penalty on the cross for all of our sins, all of our mess-ups. And the story doesn't stop there. He defeated death. And when you and I choose to follow Jesus, we no longer have to live in fear. No longer have to live in worry. No longer have to live in darkness. We live with that confident hope. We're no longer under the power of sin or our enemy. 
We don't have to live weary lives. We don't have to carry heavy burdens on our own. We have a Savior who is humble, who is gentle. We have a Savior whose yoke is easy. And if you're not familiar with that term yoke, just think about the two oxen joined together with the yoke around their necks. And in case you don't get the image, we're yoked with Jesus. And in case you don't get it, he's the strong one, we're the weak one. We rely on him. We have a Savior whose burden is light. And we have a Savior who extends an invitation to each and every one of us to find rest. Rest for our weary souls. Since Adam and Eve walked the earth, man, they walked with God, knew him intimately. Since that time over the course of generations, our enemy, sometimes really well-intentioned people, have so messed up who God really is and what he is really like. That by the time that Jesus came on the scene and began to teach and preach, people were, had so much distance between them and God. I mean, the religious leaders of the day, their burden was heavy, their yoke was tough, and in three years' time, in three years' time, Jesus' life, his teaching, his death, his resurrection, Jesus totally reestablished and showed us who the Heavenly Father really is, what he is really like. And he extends this invitation to rest, to rest. Right after this teaching on my burden is, and my yoke is light, Jesus goes into this discussion on the Sabbath. And it's in these immediate verses right after where Jesus has a discussion on the Sabbath where the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they begin to plot to kill him. They, they want to kill Jesus. As a matter of fact, Matthew 12 reads like this. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. And if you've never caught this before, don't miss it. Jesus' teaching on rest starts the journey to the cross. Our Heavenly Father's invitation, our Heavenly Father's direction to rest was so corrupted by the religious leaders of the day that it repelled people from God instead of drawing them in. People no longer understood their Heavenly Father. They no longer understood the purpose of Sabbath and rest because God was so misrepresented by those who were supposed to represent him best. Rest and Sabbath were meant to recharge people the way that God wanted us to be recharged. And with each passing generation, people put more and more distance between themselves and God. God invites you, God invites me to recharge, to rest. It's his invitation to us 
And sometimes it feels like we're just like running so constantly or we're running so hard and we feel so weary or exhausted. And your heavenly father who loves you so incredibly much was never his design for you and for your life. And as Easter 22 is the invitation to you to just slow down and rest. Is the invitation from Jesus to come all who are weary, all who are carrying heavy burdens. Is that an invitation that he is extending to you? If you want to respond today in writing, there's a way you can do that. It's on your connection card if you're in person or if you're online, and it simply is like this. For some of us, we want to accept Jesus' invitation to follow him. We've been on the outside looking in. We've never made that decision to be a follower of Jesus, just like the disciples. And Jesus extends an invitation, come and follow me. He's been extending that invitation for 2,000 years. And if that's you, man, we want to be praying for you and celebrating with you that you're making a decision to follow him. For so many of us that are just weary, worn out, or carrying a heavy burden we were never meant to carry, it's to accept that invitation to go to him and to let him give rest to your weary soul, to recharge, to maybe learn or to relearn the Sabbath as a day of refreshment, to recharge, to understand the importance of like this one each hour a week where we come together to worship our Heavenly Father and to hear from Him, to take a day-long break from all the stuff that drains you, that exhausts you, that makes you weary, that just feels like it's destroying your soul. So do you need a Sabbath or perhaps a sabbatical from some things like social media? How often do you leave social media feeling recharged and full of joy? Maybe you just need that Sabbath, that day break. Maybe you need that sabbatical, that longer period of rest from it. Maybe you need that Sabbath from just running and doing a day to just be who God created you to be, to be present with your Heavenly Father. Maybe you need that Sabbath from just worrying and fretting, to just take that burden and just give it over to Jesus and to rest in Him. Maybe you need a Sabbath from just putting on appearances, from just showing like you have it all together. You need a place where you can just be real and honest with people that you can be incredibly vulnerable and authentic with. Maybe you need a Sabbath from that activity or that person who drains your soul. Maybe you need a Sabbath from trying to control it all. Maybe you need a Sabbath or a sabbatical from being so self-reliant, thinking that you can do it all yourself. But Jesus comes to you and he says, all of you who are weary, all of you who are worn out, man, your soul is so tired. Your burden is way so heavy. It's not the life I designed for you or want for you. It's not why I gave my life for you or why I defeated death. It's not why we get together to celebrate Easter. Instead, he invites you in to a place of rest to make your burden lighter, your yoke easier. Will you accept that invitation? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who represented you perfectly. 
that because of the way that he lived and modeled life, because of his teaching, we could come to a very fuller understanding of who you are, the heart of our Heavenly Father, of your love for us, that we'd be able to accept the gifts you give to us, and that is sometimes those gifts of limits. So for those that are sitting here, man, and they are weary, they are worn out, they just need rest for their souls. May they accept that invitation to come to you, to follow you, to give all those heavy burdens over to you, to join with you and to know that your yoke is easy, that your burdens are light. May you give them rest for their souls. And for those that have never made a decision to follow you, and today's a turning point in their lives, they're saying, you know what, I'm done, I've done trying to live life on my own, my own strength, my own self-reliance, I'm just worn out. For those who are choosing to turn to follow you, Jesus, may it be a great day of celebration in their lives as it is in heaven. May they come to fully understand you, know you, experience your love, your grace, your forgiveness for all you provided through the death on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins that we can celebrate with confidence that three days later you defeated death and we can have life in all of its fullest in the here and now and for all of eternity. We commit this, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org. Thank you.